Yeah. You're bringing my present early? No. But I never told you what I wanted. I said I didn't bring it, dipshit. Okay, good. I want a stuffed elephant, a pink one. Well, wish in one hand, ship in the other one, see which one fills up first. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, goons! Welcome to my Christmas party! Glad everybody can make it. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, make yourselves at home. Have a nice, uh, have a nice bowl of pot. What? Oh, that's, that's Grandpa. He's fine. He, he's very old. He doesn't talk. He doesn't really know where he is. But we bring him out because, yeah, it's Christmas time and he, you know, he likes them. The, the music and but don't worry about him have some food sing some songs and I'll be right back I gotta take a piss don't call for your mommies they can't help you nobody can you're scared aren't you you should be. Christmas Eve is the scariest goddamn night of the year. I'd be scared too if I was you. You know what happened to Santa Claus, don't you? You heard about the molester part? Well, let me tell you something. He caught out Santa Claus like a golden delicious apple. And he took his coat and he took his beard. You see Santa Claus tonight, you better run. You better run for your life. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. Things have mellowed out a little bit. Um. Anybody want to watch a movie? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am your co-host, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. However, you know, I can't do this show by myself, so left to right, across your podcast dial, let me introduce my other co-host. Up first, a hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Yahoo! Seven o'clock! Time to get shit-faced! 
heard every night at the Tyler household, I think. And uh, up next on your podcast dial, my brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. 31 bucks. Merry fucking Christmas. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and rounding out our quartet is Two True Freaks OG Chris Honeywell. Punishment is absolute. Punishment is necessary. Punishment is good. It sure is. It sure is. <laughs> and uh, the one I was going to use was uh, your brother's a nutcase. That's what's wrong. <laughs> Alternate. I was Are hoping I was going to get thirty-one or bucks. Did you Mary pee your pants? Christmas, but yeah. <laughs> Are you having a religious uh, experience, or did you just pee your pants? My- my alternate was yes, Mother Superior. My other, oh. my, my alternate I, was uh, you're safe now. Santa Claus is gone. <laughs> no, no one, no one. What do you call? Where are you, you little bastard? <laughs> you little bastard. Uh, so at this point, I know we we say this every episode, but if you're listening to this show, you probably figured out that we're talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, all the way back. From 1984, it is yet another of our VHS horror rack hangers on. And Silent Night, Deadly Night, an extremely well-known film, primarily for the controversy that it caused, and uh, was discovered a long time after it was released on theaters and then pulled famously. Jay, I'm sure you've got some background for us on that, but just for the VHS purposes, uh, there are two VHS releases of Silent Night, Deadly Night now in 1986. USA Home Video released this in actually in a big box VHS release, which I have never seen. I've never seen that big box. Uh, I'm sure that one, I know that one goes for a pretty pretty penny. The one I am familiar with, and probably most uh, of the rest of us I'm assuming are familiar with, is the 1987 IVE slipcase release, uh, depicting, of course, the, uh, the cover from the poster with some extra cover copy on there, where, uh, you know, famously has the chimney, with Santa descending the chimney with his arm sticking out with an axe in the arm. And the copy says, if Nightmare on Elm Street gave you sleepless nights, and if Halloween made you jump at every shadow, and if Friday the 13th was more frightening than the others, then beware, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Santa's here. For mature audiences only, because this actually was an uncut release on VHS. So I I remember distinctly, uh, Jay, I want to say... Was it did Putt Lake, Putt Lake Market had had uh, a yes. movie rental at some point, right? I remember seeing this at Putt Lake Market and thinking, "Wow, that's I, 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 you know, supposedly kids were traumatized by this. I thought that was just, I just thought it was was so crazy and wild, you know, Santa with the axe. I guess I was already imbued with horror movies and stuff by the time I was, was seven or eight years old. I guess I don't know, but so, uh, so the, yeah, obviously the Luke, as Luke mentioned, the poster itself is really what the controversy uh, spun around. That poster alone caused a lot of uh, gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands. And, oh, my God, they, someone think of the children. The children! Please, uh, the children. Um, I remember Siskel and Ebert going nuts. Yes, going okay. nuts. The problem is, is that the poster alone, when the poster first ran the newspaper, they, they were ready. People were like, we got we to gotta shut this down. got to shut this down because they can't show Santa Claus. Then the trailer, the TV trailer ran, and they're like, Fuck! It's got an actual guy killing people, and then Scully lost their shit. Phil Donahue committed an entire hour, one whole show, to bashing this movie and talking about what we have to do to save our youth and stuff like that. 
here to me is probably the thing that most people forget about this movie. It opened the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street. And for a very short amount of time, uh, it actually outgrossed Nightmare on Elm Street. It grossed about $162,000, right? And what happened was it dropped off by about 45% the second weekend and then was pulled from theaters right after that, allowing Nightmare on Elm Street to keep going. I mean, not that this would have stopped Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's be very honest. It's called Spade and Spade. Nightmare on Elm Street's an all-time classic, right? But it literally outdrew Nightmare on Elm Street just on the controversy alone. People are like, I got to see this fucking movie. I got to see this. And the problem is, is that um, the the mothers groups that were making the phone calls and the boycotts and the picketing and stuff, they got they were really good about getting theaters to shut this down because they were they were threatening to boycott all of whatever the chain might be, Regal, AMC, whatever they were going to boycott all of it across the country, and they couldn't take that chance of losing that money. That's part of the main issue there uh, with that. Um, and then what happened was, uh, again, because this is TriStar who is the, uh, put it out, um, both Siskel and Ebert uh, went and like actually blasted TriStar directly for putting it out. So it wasn't so much, let's blast the director, let's blast the writer. They went after the, the production, the, uh, the the distribution company, right? Because yeah. TriStar yeah. owned the distribution of it. So it was no longer like, well, um, like Last House on the Left. Wes Craven made this horrible movie, whatever, and they kind of bashed Wes Craven. Now they were going after the actual money. They were going after the distribution companies, the production. Like, that's major. That's a major, major difference in what they originally had done with, um, um, you know, previous movies that were so controversial. Uh, but it, it is, as Luke said, it is, uh, there is two different cuts of the movie. There's the 79-minute, which is referred to as the R-rated cut, um, and that is the cut that played in theaters originally when it played. And then there's the 85-minute restored cut, or the 85-minute uncut version, uh, which is what's available on the special edition Blu-ray on disc two, disc one has a 79 minute. They do run when you watch the restored 85 minute cut, um, especially on the Blu-ray, you can see exactly where the cuts are yeah, and yeah. the cuts make perfect sense why they were cut to get it to an R rating in 1984. Is that, if that makes sense to everybody? Yeah, they were either, they were either just repetitive footage Oh, that was good footage. It was entertaining footage, but it was kind of repetitive or it was just like, you know, stuff that had to go because they're like, nope, you got to trim three more seconds of gore. Nope, there's still, nope. Still, you know, so it was all like. So some of the, what was cut was, was a lot with uh, Linear Quigley. Um, that whole scene was yeah. trimmed down greatly. So here's the difference. When Dad and I covered this on the ball, on the ball, when Dad and I covered this uh, on Bots, Bugs, and Babes uh, a couple of years ago, um, first of all, Dad had never seen it. Dad had heard about it only, but had never actually seen the movie. So I said, don't watch the R-rated cut. Watch the unrated cut. He said, why? I said, because trust me, you're going to watch the R-rated cut. Then I'm going to talk about some stuff that happens in the unrated cut. You'll be like, oh, that would have made it better. So he watched that. He goes, oh, you can see where, because you can see very clearly on the Shout Factory blu-rays where one goes to the other right yeah. and he said well, even, oh. i mean even even going back anchor bay did that didn't they didn't they yeah. i think it was anchor bay had a, a two-disc set of um 
of one and two, and it was the same type of thing where they had different elements being used to create the uncut version of one, and the quality drop off is pretty noticeable even on DVD. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, because because they only had the elements from the original, uh, from the they didn't they didn't have they don't have they didn't have a complete cut of the movie in you know whatever however it was filmed on on actual film film it was just was taken from VH uh, from, from VHS sources. Yes. Trotstar actually came out and said that if this movie, they felt that if this movie had not been pulled, they think they could have made $20 million on the actual movie, uh, which would have been a 1984 money. That's a huge movie, yeah. you know, for a little independent film. But that's the kind of buzz this movie had. I don't necessarily believe that. I again, for somebody who likes this movie, I don't know if you make $20 million in this movie. I think the. The, the allure of it being taboo to see it made people want to see it. But I don't know how many times you're going to go back and keep plunking your money down um, if you didn't enjoy it the first time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unlike, like Nightmare on Elm Street, which literally people went, saw Nightmare on Elm Street over and over and over and over again. So. I think it was almost I like my first note in my notes is, is this a comedy? It's almost like it's almost like it's just the bare bones beats, but it's well filmed and it's entertainingly acted. And it almost seems like it's written to be like you go and, you you know, sort of Rocky Horror Picture style. You know, it has places for the audience to maybe react or or have fun with because it's really just sort of like this. It's like a bare bones mixture of slasher movies, a little psycho thrown in there, and you know. Well, then, shit. well, then, especially when you add the amount of nudity in the film too. Oh God, yeah. That you start getting to it's where it's like, okay, that th- it's it's a it's kind of a hey hey slasher films have a lot of violence and sex, right? Wink wink nudge nudge. Know what I mean? Yes sir, yes sir. You know that kind of thing. So it, yeah, I mean, I can it. It, it also made almost... me think the director's definitely a tit man because all the nudity was oh, yeah. just boob related and it all and there was just a lot of boob grabbing in this movie. There was a I lot mean, of boob grabbing. Boob grabbing. You yeah, know, yeah, I, it's I, it's, I, it's very like a 12-year-old made the movie sort of yeah. thing. I mean, I'm watching I like this. I, <laughs> yeah, right up Heroes Alley for sure. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I watched I watched this I watched this last night with my wife and I swear to god by the time Linnea quickly shows up, my wife looks at me and goes, does anyone wear a bra in this movie? <laughs> and I put that, and a little peek behind the curtain, gentle listener. I put this on our vault chat, and Hero comes back and says, well, I never wear one. Hell no. <laughs> Burn them shits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In, in all fairness, your director uh, only directed four movies. Um, an en- Encounter with the Disaster, which is a PG movie, 79, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, then he well, he did snowballing, another PG film, Something and then the Slaters. So, and the director is uh, Charles E. Celier uh, Jr. But it's funny because they actually considered a number of different other directors for this movie, um, but uh, they all pay either passed on it or were, uh, you know, were otherwise involved in something else. Now, uh, now hold on a second. I have to say sure. this. Okay. okay. So, talking about, uh, you know, Charles Celier Jr. Okay, the the director. Okay, he also, okay, he was the producer, and one of the and and one of the creators. Now this is our Christmas episode. Do you guys remember a previous Christmas episode where we watched 
a little movie called Elves. <laughs> yes. With with none other than Dan Haggerty. Yes. Right. So, do you want to know what uh, Charles Sillier Jr. is? One of his credits as creator. Uh, yeah. Grizzly Adams. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> it all comes. So it all together. comes back to Haggerty. <laughs> Always. Grizzly so. Adams did have a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you imagine okay. Haggerty in this move? Like, if Haggerty was hunting down Billy? No. That would that, be awesome. That's some shit right there, man. <laughs> okay, so so I found this. This is what I was, I, I was looking for these things. Is that I had a lot of these things when my dad and I covered this. Right, here it is. Uh, in response to the uproar, New York, uh, New York TV station WPIX, Channel 11, shout out to Tom Panery, Sue, for that one. He would definitely appreciate that. Uh, moved the commercials to late night slots while stations in Albany and Boston pulled them all together. The Boston Globe yanked the newspaper ad, which featured an axe-wielding arm of a Santa on his way down the chimney. Yielding the protesters, a Bronx theater pulled the film after its first week. I, that that hurts me a little bit right there, because I yeah. figured the book would be like, motherfuckers, suck your ass. I'm going to play this movie. Anyway, um, while two chains in Montana announced that they would not show the film when it moved west. It initially opened only in the Midwest and Northeast markets. Um, and then... Um, God, uh, it, the, oh, okay. There's, when the movie was, the movie was actually filmed in Utah, right? But, oh, and, there's some and, beautiful but, scenery, like in the oh, last yeah. reel, when they're driving yeah. out to the orphanage, there's some wonderful yes. Rocky Mountain scenery out there. I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, Chris, you made reference to the way it's shot. I mean, some of these. It's the, very the, nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that type of environment, but man, it looks really nice out there. It's like, and it's and it's I love to see more that, of that. It's shot in that high quality but grainy '70s style. It's oh, yeah. just really beautiful. So yeah, they really and you knew it was Utah because when they pulled up to the mental home, it had the sign that said Utah Mental Facility. Yeah. Well, there you the go. Most... What I'm saying is, it was filmed there, and you're thinking like, oh, people must have been really proud. It never played there. So it's kind of a problem. Right. Oh, this story says Utah all over it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Shout out to any of our Utah listeners. Shout out to our Utah listeners. Well, everybody knows Utah's, uh, you see it on their license plate. It's the tit-grabbing state. Yeah, they have (laughs) it out there. So, I was going to okay. say, after, after Jay apparently offended the entire state of West Virginia, I don't want to, you know, take any... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll defend my home state right now, just reading that report about the Boston Globe. Boston Globe, soft as baby shit 30 years ago, even softer than baby shit now. Hey, did, isn't, isn't that where Bob Ryan is based out of? That's all you got to say about the Boston Globe as far as I'm concerned. Jesus. Bob Ryan's got the most fucked up teeth on television. Good lord. Oh, I mean, I hate just, to say this, but you got a guy working for the Boston Globe who looks like a looks like a, like every drunk guy at an Irish funeral. I'm just putting it out yeah. there. I'm just oh, putting no, it out there. What, no, why do you have to make it racist? <laughs> <laughs> oh I, God. Can you be? Never mind. Not gonna not gonna go there. But anyway, the yes. I mean, that that's the thing. And I said this to my wife last night. I said, she goes, "This isn't really good." I said, "Not really." I mean. It, it has its moments, but this film exists and survives because of its controversy. When that, that IVE uh, 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 slipcase that I talked about, the big box did the same thing. The, it, there's, a, there's a line on the back. It says, Silent Night, Deadly Night is the movie they tried to stop you from seeing. And now is in its original uncut version. 
it the 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 controversy is what this film exists on at this point and as soon as it was pulled from theaters yes that hurt tristar and that hurt the actual gross of this film but that means that this film now lives forever yep right you know controversy creates cash i have my copy sitting yep. right over there on the bookshelf i can you know i can yep. almost reach out and touch it and it's very true that this film is a, is is a, a a literal poster child for that concept and it's like like Jay said, are people gonna go see this movie multiple times? Probably not, but they're gonna get your get your your couple of bucks and get your butt in a seat, you know. You're and they're not, gonna get it's, you in there. And it's not boring. And oh, I, it's, it's not boring. Okay, it's almost that. comedic in its in its and and uh, and just I, like I almost grudgingly admire it for its just simplicity. It, and it's just it tr it just moves right forward, where every single thing that happens to this kid, to Billy, in this it. story, like yeah. is the absolute worst, you know, from the trauma from from trauma, to you know, Santa trauma as a kid, to a vicious nun, to a stupid to, to a suit. stupid nun who puts him as a, in a job at a toy store that's guaranteed to have Santa in it. And you just see every scene. It just what, what the position that get he gets put into, and the things people say to him, are the exact wrong thing right. to do or say if you don't want to have a killer Santa. I, so I, I, I got a hilarious watching this brain. In the interest of fairness, if you are looking for a killer Santa, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's perfection. It's how to, this is, yeah, this is a backdoor. Like this, the movie is dangerous because this is how, if you want it to make killer Santas, this is. Granted, it's a hard process to really replicate, yeah. but a lot of steps. This is my see hot his tape. brain just breaking oh, at yeah. every every time, like. The one scene where I can't remember what the toy store order says to him, and then he just repeats it back in that blank psycho robot voice, and then you see the toy store owner, and there's an axe like mounted on the wall over his head. Yeah. You're like, yeah, the yeah. movie is All telling right. you where it's going. And, here's you know, the, here's, and here's go the hot there. take. Here's the hot take. This is a Christmas movie, right? It's a horror Christmas uh -huh. movie. You know what else is a Christmas movie? First Blood. What do both yeah. of these movies have in common? People suffering with severe PTSD. Yes. I have zero problem watching First Blood in this as a double feature. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean that you know, and, and it's <laughs> first off, Hero, you're absolutely right because a lot of, of, I mean, a lot of times people forget about the 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 time frame setting of First Blood, right? And and of course, you know, one is, I mean, First Blood and Son of Dawn, both exploitative in their own right, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think we can yeah. we can say that. But sure. th this clearly a, a bit more on the nose. You know, there wasn't, oh, yeah. you know, multiple rapes and Linnea Quigley and all that in, you know, uh, in First Blood. At least not the version that I've seen. You know, nope. I mean, maybe there's that bonus scene with Troutman topless. I don't know that I want to see that. But, you know, <laughs> but it does it does make you think about that. You know, Chris, you said this, this is what you don't want to do to a guy who suffered all this trauma. Well, you know, we're we're living now here in, in you know, the year of our Lord, 2021 where we're at an all-time awareness now about mental health and about your own mental health and taking care of yourself and how do we deal with this stuff and all this stuff that we've had to, uh, you know, 
that that was has become part of the lexicon now. It's like, does this? How does that change not only the reading of this movie, but you know, there's a remake of this movie coming out. They already had one remake. We're getting another remake. So it's like, does that change how we view Billy? Is Billy now, despite the fact that he murders multiple people? Uh, is he more a sympathetic character because of all the stuff that's happened to him, or is his or tragic, is it a, is maybe an intense, uh, he's, intention he's de- area? He's, he's definitely tragic. I mean, if you take it, take out of context, <laughs> it, it is. Maureen, yeah. Maureen walked into me watching this uh, as soon as he showed up at the toy store, and so for the next sixty minutes, she actually watched the rest of the movie. She chuckled quite a few times, um, but taken out of context, if you show just the first. Uh, from the point the movie starts to the point of him being a child in the orphanage, like just that section, and you didn't show anybody the rest of the movie, and you ask them what this movie is going to be about, you'd probably get 50 different answers depending upon what people's headspace is, because it, it's gruesome, it's horrific. I mean, the child actor in the beginning looks legitimately petrified of what's happening, as he should, because it's awful like it's one of those gut punch things and yeah does it devolve into some campiness later on sure but you could spring off that original beginning and do a completely different take that's not a slasher movie but somebody dealing with horrific trauma because a lot of people hate the holidays i mean why do you think the suicide rate goes up between you know friggin october to january so but and then on the other hand where i said you know it does get a little campy it does exactly what if you go see a movie and the poster is a guy in a Santa suit with an axe, it yeah. does that. It has him interacting with kids. It has him killing some older kids. Like, if you're going to have evil Santa, have him be fucking evil Santa. You know? And they don't shy away from it. Okay, Rocky Horror Picture Game for, for showing this movie in a theater. I don't think you could throw razor knives at the screen. That would be no, dangerous. No, no, this is what it is. The audience loud stage whispers, punish Every time, you know, something something triggers, you know, somebody says something, you just go, punish. And, like, the audience just, like, starts whispering, punish, punish, punish. And then when he finally is like, punish, it's just like, yes! Yeah. So oh, yeah. you're just playing his internal monologue, <laughs> basically, you know. So, so Can just we talk about up. the real star of this movie, though? Mother Superior? No, no, the, the that's uh, no, the big I do, tragedy I do this, to... this, that Mother Superior didn't end up getting, like, tossed out a window say, or yeah, something. I mean, Wait till the know, second you, one. You know, well, now, you're, you're talking about, you know, you're talk, you know, Chris, you're talking about that, you know, you could, that Maureen came in kind of without the context and all that. You know, I mean, at the end of this, as I said, my wife watched this, at the end of it, with, when, when he's threatening Mother Superior, my wife was, like, on his side. Hell she yeah. was like, "Good, you know, congratulations. You caused this," is what she says. So she, so it's like you can. I absolutely think you could go that way, and she fucking deserves it. Yeah. And of course, she doesn't get it in this one. I wanted but to see I, this. Again, I wanted to the... see the post-credit scene of Mother Teresa, or Mother Teresa, <laughs> <laughs> Mother Superior, <laughs> and Mother Teresa at the at the pearly gates, and they're like, "What put you here?" And she goes, "It was a Santa Claus." <laughs> <laughs> it's open the pizza. And, uh, I, you know the so, the other thing I like is that the other nun, Sister Margaret, she has the gall, the absolute unmitigated gall, to say to the chief of police, 
if you think about it, there's a logic to every action he takes. Like, no! No, there is not! <laughs> well, I mean... You know. it, it's not, yes. It is not a logic at all, yeah. But what so, were you going to say, Chris? You were saying the real... I think I know where you might be going, but what were you going to say the real star of the movie? Oh, yes. The the real star of this movie, that that goddamn toy store. Oh, yes. Uh, I no, almost I was, was like rethinking pausing, our like, I was almost rethinking our format watching it going, we should almost do this as a as a um commentary <laughs> because yeah. we would just be like, see that game there? I that came out in 1974. It's a Parker Brothers. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, I popped Major Wood when they saw the Castle Grayskull up yes. on the top shelf because I had yes. Castle Grayskull. I, I was toting up eBay prices all the way through it. Uh, I was just, <laughs> just they, they they panned down a row of of Muppets puppets yes. in their boxes that would pro- in their boxes like that. I'm looking at them going, that's like two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars for some of them, one hundred and fifty for some of the more common ones. But yeah. it was just the ridiculous amount of trademarks <laughs> yeah. put on display in this in this movie is splendid. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like for none of it. Yeah. It was all just whatever they went to. It. I mean, it's not a real toy store, but it's like, what do we got? Great, bring it all in. Who cares? <laughs> well, well Hero, the, the way Hero, they decided like to display it is like, like it, it's just. You know, of course, it's coming from 1984, so that was like during a formative time for me. But like those shelves and the way they displayed like the Halloween masks, you know, on the wall and stuff, there was a definite appreciation for the for the good stuff, the well packaged stuff, or the. But it wasn't. They weren't paying royalties to anybody. They just went and got it. it That's what I love about it. It was just you know, it's just like oh hey look there's. Yeah. And this is a movie. This is a movie that's the being there, and then a... the uh, I see the Dewback is right there with them too, Harold. I noticed that, I'm, and I'm like you. I saw that. I saw Grayskull, and I I just lost it. You know, and spoilers I think that was, for another spoilers that for another show. But I'm done two podcasts this year that feature Castle Grayskull, and and one of them is appropriate for children, and one of them is not. You know, so I'll, I'll leave that to the audience to do a little a little digging to figure that one out. But. I, I I couldn't zoom in on when I was watching, but when he's opening up that GI Joe toy, I'm convinced that was the uh, the little uh, pontoon boat. That was yeah, I think, I think it's well. I think yeah, it's the um, what is that? That's the Manta, isn't it? The, the Manta. Uh, it I looked like it, it almost Manta. had parts on the that little frame, like you would get a, a model in. You know, it looked well, like. Well, no, that a, was no. What I I really thought it was the 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 Manta because it's so few parts. The Manta is the little cat is the little. Uh, Sailing, the little oh uh-huh. right, right, right. Sailboat yeah. catamaran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. I, that's what I thought it was, just from the num- number of pieces that came out. You know, that's how it's nothing really big. And the, <laughs> yeah. and the mansion it's, is all small parts. That was literally a vintage unboxing reboxing. Yeah. the boxing video. video, unboxing video. But um, YouTube, like, you hack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You Back, you're ripping off Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> I, I had people, this... people walking out on YouTube. This just Silent Night, Deadly Night. I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> the sneak preview is when the kids were outside playing on that little square of snow that they kept them. Yes. It's like all grass, and they're on the square of snow. And I noticed in the background, and it looks like it's like a little yellow, um, sort of basket, sort of shaped 
toy and then it's got a plunger on the end of it. And that's a toy that I used to play with at my grandfather. I've actually got a set of it that I got at a garage sale. And you had two of them and you threw a little ping pong ball in there and you whacked the bottom of it and it would fly up and you could catch it in the other one and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's a neat toy. You know, somebody purposely threw that toy. That's a neat toy to have in there. And then we got in the toy store and it was just like, ah, ah. And I'm sure like Crawl and Star Wars and the Muppets were just thrilled to be oh, involved yeah. with uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. G.I. Joe. We're uh, thrilled I, to be I involved am, with this yeah. movie. I know, Jay, I don't. I cannot confirm this because I, I wasn't because I was watching it last night. So I wasn't stopping it and, you know, really freeze framing it and all that. But I'm pretty sure Mangalore Mountain was in there. I think, uh, so, I yeah. think so. I think so. It's, and, it's I know, like, and I know, I know you have a, ba- I know you have a little. I won't. We don't need to. I know. I don't need a side drive. I know you have a little bit of background with the Mangalores. I know. So. Uh, <laughs> I wish we. I wish we did video shows because I'd love to do a video show with all of us, but like one of those, you know, um, um, shops where they have the, you know, um, trade-in shops and stuff. But we we just. Uh, Go, we go over uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, but we do it under a light, you know, to and try to pinpoint every toy in there and give a little history of it, freeze frame it and stuff like. People do those Easter egg videos. We just we just break down the the going eBay price and rarity of each item. So so the instead of the you know like uh, the ending of Malignant explained, it's like the toy store. <laughs> <laughs> like Things yeah, you might have missed. Yeah. yeah, things you missed. Sure, Seven Night sure. Deadly Night. Explain. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, Explain. that Toy Story. Like, if like going watching this movie is almost like Indiana Jones going into a you know a a, a, a vault that's been untouched yeah. by you know Tomb Raiders for three centuries and it's just full of booty. That that like if I had a time machine, that's probably where I'd be popping in is like Ira's toy toy store and just like yeah. loading up my time machine. Coming back, be the first eBay billionaire. Yeah, I'd probably so, jump to to what eighty seven or eighty eight just so I could get them sweet original Ninja Turtles figures they, again. They'd be like, we can't figure out how this guy this guy has sold more mint in box Star Wars collectibles than were ever actually produced. Yet they all check. Yet they all check out. Yet. He's got to be making them somewhere, right? But we can't find any, you know, the amount of manufacturing that would be involved in it would be more than the money that he can make. So we can't figure it out. Yeah. I, so, um, anyway, the, uh, um, get it back to this thing. So the, the, um, oh, crap. I forgot. I, oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, let me, let me make a point and then, the thing is with this. Okay. So, Okay, so Billy, right? Okay, so 18-year-old Billy is oh, played Billy. by uh, Robert Brian Wilson. And I'm not, has he ever done anything else? I don't think so. I don't I think am. so. But, I and I don't know if, and I don't know if he is the, if he's doing his own stunts too. But when he attacks Linnea Quigley, all right, he, he manhandles her pretty easy, and she's yeah. like kicking and fighting. He just picks her up and just throws like, "Oh yeah, he's got damn, that's, that's pretty impressive, right there, man." You he know? had a few. He could have been like a Jason type character. Yeah, he was a. But I don't know, man. He's so like 
just like the little kid, like all the, the mid versions of him, he's just there's something very unappealing about yeah. it. <laughs> the other the other thing I do have to say that same scene when the boyfriend shows up, what does he go for? Fire poker, weapon of choice in crap movies. The fire. Always. <laughs> what I love about that one. is you have I, one of those things where he full murders like the 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 babysitter in full with full screaming and impaling and yeah. like all, all the no and then kills the the boyfriend with the poster and the little girl is not alarmed at all yeah and the, the at the yeah. end the little girl just comes out of her room and is like santa claus <laughs> you know? hey, look at like, that no. age anything could be a trap to try to get you to not you know like to get santa not to come so you got to stay in your room if you yeah. heard someone get yeah, if I heard someone getting murdered down in the in the in the downstairs, I'd be out my bedroom window, you know. No, I'd, be, I'd be standing there. I want to get my fucking toys in the morning. That's true. Hey, he, and you know that that I do like that that scene because it does do a good job at that point of toying with you, right? Yeah. You know because uh, he's kill killed everybody. Him. He's killed everyone else he's run into at this point. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he kills. You know, his, his Andy, the, the the jackass he works with, and then who's who's attacking Pamela. Then he kills Pamela. Yeah. You know, because she's like, you're fucking nuts. Like, you saved me from being raped. You're a nutcase. It's like, really? Yeah. Is he? Is you he? saved really? me from being raped by stockroom Andy, the cheesiest, sleazy character ever. Useless, useless character I, you know i don't respect anybody that wears a polo that's one size too small and tucks it into his and, pants you can do one in. or the other and tucked in yeah 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 so uh, but then you know so so at that point you're you're thinking okay well he's taking this if you're naughty i'm gonna kill you thing pretty seriously but i i really like little cindy's conviction yeah, and he's like, a robot. No, I've been he's good a, all year. It's like he's a know, punished all... robot, and she she passes all the non punishment, and so she gets her she gets her box cutters, you know, yeah. just like all little kids would. At no Christmas. little girls want like yeah, a box cutter. Woo! I like how she just looks at it like okay, <laughs> but you know she but she doesn't say anything. Yeah, she, she know she's she's polite enough to say when you when you get a gift you don't like you don't say nothing right. Yeah, yeah what right. do you what do you say you know. What I, mean, I what I love, I love the the idiot boyfriend. Okay, she is screaming upstairs, yeah. and he's just sitting down there shooting for whatever. And he Shoot goes upstairs, pool. and the door there's no door in the door anymore. The right? I mean, fucking it's like, God. Oh, as great as that scene from is, Halloween. It's a big Bob from Halloween. Looked like a goddamn genius. You know? <laughs> yeah, Bob. Doesn't that remind you of Bob from Halloween? Who's like? Yeah. What's going on over here? <laughs> I don't know. As, as great as that scene is in in the house, the asshole who gets it sledding is <laughs> I fucking I fucking love that because the two kids who just want to go out and go sledding and be like I, normal, slightly older teenagers. I do, and I do love that too. It's like this hill is virgin, man. Oh, like, you're ever gonna gonna see. Get, yeah, it's so good. And, and, and then it's just the one kid goes down. And then his asshole friend follows him, and you just see that act come into frame. And the next thing is just a stump on a sled going, wee. And then the reaction, and then the head comes down like 10 seconds later, and it's fucking amazing. 
so let me let me just say this though, okay? So the thing is, if if you think about it, like this movie could have been a hundred percent like let's try to be serious and do whatever. And again, I'm, it, it takes the 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 um the abuse and the and the and the like traumatic events and stuff is treated as being serious. Like it's not there's no tongue in cheek kind of stuff to that. But and of as everything else, if if the whole movie had again those that you kind of laugh at the absurdity of like the doors obliterated and the kid's head gets lopped <laughs> off. But oh, I not- love when he punishes that cardboard door. That is fucking. Yes. Great. But I'm saying this, but it's not done for laughs. It's just showing like the like the like well, what, what would be really cool. This would be great. Like it's kind of it's kind of sophomoric in the way it's done. Yeah. But it's 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 but it's but it's not like it's not done for like wink to the camera like wink look at this thing. I mean, but, it's we, it's, we can, it's, I, it's it's one of those things and it, it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. Yes. But at the same time, it's like of course it's ridiculous. Look yes, at what right. you're watching. So I'm you, you this, can't you know it's entertaining and it and it's and it's uh you know and and it, 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 it's a whole approach. Right. He decapitates a snowman for crying out loud. Oh, I and love I laugh snowman. Every time. Love he decapitates the snowman. It's like, oh, and, they, it, 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 up, and, the, and the cop accidentally kills a priest. Like, god damn, this movie's got everything. <laughs> well, they teased that first, too. They had a f- whole tease of him almost killing this dad dad that was going up the window. Yeah. You know? So they, yeah. they, fooled, they fooled you with that one. And then, like, five, and I love how they just fill it in. But we yelled at him, he's deaf. And it's so yeah. good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> But this is 1984, so we already have had Halloween. We've already had uh, their first uh, Friday the 13th. We've actually had the second Friday the 13th and the third one, right? Kind of thing. So you're now starting with the you, – you don't have wisecracking Friday yet. So you're kind of getting into the realm of the the, the, the slasher. Like you're in the, you're in the middle of the slasher beginning, like the, the, the early part of the boom, right? And so what do slasher movies have in it? They have to have something which it seems – like it has to be over the top, right? Every like they are like that always says you got to top the next kill, you got to top yeah. it, keep topping it, right? But the thing is, we know that when you keep topping them, they get insane, right? These guys but, don't obviously don't have like the uh, a great like special effects artist for it, so basically they're just right. riding off it's Santa Claus doing the killing, which is enough, this, you know. I'm saying this, this this isn't like the burning where Tom Savini's <laughs> gonna hack children to bits. Or I shouldn't say Tom Tavini does, but it's all his stuff. Where they're all getting hacked to bits on the on the raft and stuff, and like, you know, fingers are getting chopped off and throats are getting slit and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. So it's if you don't have groundbreaking, groundbreaking right. gore, and the story is like straightforward. There's no, there's no mystery as who's doing anything. There's no. It's it's a just a straightforward narrative, of you know. This kid sees this. He's, you know, they didn't do any switcheroo where, like, maybe, like, they grew up and, like, it turns out he was really the baby and, or, or anything like that. They don't, they, they do do the baby is gets punished in his head after that. But that's just obviously the obvious beat. And there's something just wonderful about it because all the setups are obvious, and, but they, they pay off. So there's it's also, you know, there's no, there's no hero in this movie. 
No. You know, there's maybe, no. Maybe there's the no, maybe the nun that's nice to him. That's about it. Maybe, but there's sort but she's of, but not. She she's not like. I'm saying there's no, there's no. There's no Nancy. There's no Laurie. You know. Wait, wait, wait. I know the hero in the movie. Whoever decorated the the uh, the Irish toy store set. The yes, set well, I mean, yes. Not, all he- not, oh. not all heroes wear capes, admittedly, but That's you know, right. I don't. <laughs> but still, but it's like, it, it is it is an interesting conceit in 1984, like you say, Jay, where we've started, we've really started to codify the mm-hmm. slasher genre. After, to me, once you get to like Friday 3, that's when yep. the things, to me, really start to gel. And this is post-Friday 3. And you don't have, you, you don't have a hero. The, the killer really is our main character. You know, that's that's kind of postmodern in a way, isn't it? Where mm-hmm. it's, you know, they, where, where, like you say, we're looking at the trauma that Billy goes, uh, you know, uh, uh, experiences and what that does to him. And then he becomes our, our focused character. You know, we're not worried, oh, is Billy going to get such and such because she's the one we've been following the whole time? Because there's nobody like that. You know, there's no character that fits that. The only, like you say, is Sister Margaret. And Mother Superior. And it's like Sister Margaret, like you said, yeah, she means well, but she puts him in a situation that drives him over the edge. Exactly. (laughs) And Mother Superior, it's like we're rooting for her to die. Like we all want with his last dying grasp for Billy to bury the axe in her her chest. You know? All right, I got the name. I got the name of our hero. Linda Kiff. Art director and set director. Set decoration and art direction. Linda, this... We we raise a glass to you wherever you may be. Yeah. yeah. This eighties kid wants to thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the, I, I also have to ask this. So the Santa at the beginning, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's robbing he's robbing a gas station, like a convenience yeah, store, right? Yeah. Merry fucking Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. Okay. <laughs> now, I've watched a lot of Law and Order in my day. <laughs> if you're robbing a gas station convenience store, are you going to be super eager to not just shoot the clerk? Okay, he shoots the clerk because the clerk, pu- clerk pulls a gun on him. He right. then makes sure to, sh- to make sure he's murdered. Okay? So that, that kind of puts you into another class of felony, right? Once, yes. you, once you have the gun in the, in the commission of a crime, that's one level. When you discharge it, that's another. When you, hit, you know, assault someone with it, that's another. And then you shoot them two more times including a headshot that yeah. puts you up way above you know uh, armed robbery you know what i'm saying this is, and then this is there, like one of the ultimate motivation? nihilistic this gives billy bob thornton you know just by yeah. light years he's just this is the ultimate nihilist <laughs> santa that you can have because he's that's the thing he's just like oh, i'll just i need some money i'll go murder this clerk Oh, I could go rape and do a little rape and kill if I pull my car over somebody. You know, he's right. he's a Santa on a dead end run. He's, and he's I, I, I often wonder what if did, did they ever catch him? Is he you know, that was the thing is they sort <laughs> of left quickly. that hanging. So maybe it could have been him at the at, like who was the Santa and the kid. But they, they didn't even bother to. They, they, they must have caught him because, you know, billions of wearing his Santa Claus suit with the bells on the sleeves. Oh. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Because that's the only Santa suit they had for production. So. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they got it from the same distribution house. But no, knowing that in the reality of this movie, there was a scene that we didn't see where the cops came and said, "Hey, Billy, you know, 
we we were usually put this away as evidence but that killer bum santa we we figured you might want his santa suit here you go kid <laughs> why don't you try it on make sure it fits you can i can i also mention that this is one of the most annoying soundtracks ever and oh yes and go on i i, I got this goes from watching the movie and going like ooh this soundtrack is painful and then going to f try to find the soundtrack and finding someone playing it on vinyl and going like, oh, that sounds like horrifying on vinyl. And then going like, maybe the CD sounds better. No, it, the the mix of it is so tinny and just just sharply annoying. It's not compositionally far off from any other horror, you know horror movie stabby sort of sound you know but boy it's there's just something grating about it and i'm sure i'll be uh putting some some really bad you know egregious examples of it right now to... so composer perry bakken jr improvised most of the score while watching a working print copy of the film on betamax no afterward Afterward, he re he replayed the tape with his work and added more layers of melody to polish it off. Uh, because that's what it melody. sounds like. That's what it sounds like. It's not a, he recorded the thing. He just put a tape going, and then oh, let's do it. So there you go. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't think there's anything wrong. I like some music like that, but this isn't especially good, and it's poorly recorded, and it's just like. Oof. <laughs> you could honestly you could have just done a different arrangement of any uh royalty free Christmas song and it would have worked. Exactly. Yes. Now I, I will I will have to say this. I do really like the Santa's watching theme song. That is pretty that is pretty clever. Because at first it sounds like it's an actual Christmas card, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait just a minute, you know. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oh no! I've got a choice. I've got a choice piece of of soundtrack uh, score score one of their one of the quote unquote songs to go out on for this particular show that that I was just like oh this is a mwah, this is a one, although it's yeah. not the little baby song which is about the most like on the nose music like like when the radio's like singing that that somebody sing that really sappy like little baby as the baby <laughs> screams in the back of the car <laughs> that's that's the shit that got Siskel cause Siskel and Ebert did their thing where they're just like this movie is pure now I like trash but this movie is just pure evil and it's just like trash. Ugly. it's ugly and mean spirited and it, it is but it's also in a dementedly happy, you know, cheerful way too. You know, it is. But it's it definitely they enjoyed the the carnage that they were. You know, they it was created to enjoy Billy's rampage. You know, which I guess makes it offensive then. But yeah, twenty twenty one. It's kind of like yeah, we've had. Uh, I mean, can, do you think dozens of of rampaging santa movies of one kind or another since this i mean do we need to do we need up. to quote bart yeah i say do we need to quote bart simpson here you always know? always pretty pretty tame by today's standards hell yeah 
<laughs> I said that when Dad and I were talking about what uh, Friday Thirteenth Part, part One. One. <laughs> yeah. Dad. But the thing well, is, this hardly this, anything. And that, well, the thing out, is, that's Friday the movie Bart's talking about when he says it, which makes the line all the better when you use yeah. it. You know. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So Dad and I talked about. Silent Deadly Night. We also talked about Maniac. We talked about like things like that on Boss Bugs and Bazers. I know people don't kind of understand how you can do an all-ages show and do a movie where the killer is Santa, but it happens. Because um, we did Santa Slay also. We talked about a killer Santa, Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus as a demon murdering people. Um, the, the whole thing is, when the, these movies, and this is where people kind of, I think, sometimes, and it's not us, because obviously we know the history of these things, but when some people look back at these type of movies you're like well how could this movie have been made how could this happen how? like things were not always the way they are right now right i mean like things evolve and change and to be very honest like in in, in, in 1984 if you had half a gimmick right and like you know 25 dollars and someone with a camera you could make a movie right yep. and the thing is the movies vary on how good or bad they might be but it, at the end of the day, the one thing you could silent Deadly Night, um, the controversy alone, you could not have bought a, enough ads or TV spots or anything. The word of mouth alone, the controversy this movie created, the, the, the amount of buzz that this movie had could not be purchased. Uh, there, are, there are hundreds of movies that are supposed to be blockbuster hits that wish they could get people talking about them the way this movie did. And when it's all said and done, whether you like slasher movies, don't, because Luke and I have friends who are huge horror fans who hate 80 slasher movies. They hate them all. Yeah. They can't see 80 slasher movies. And I'm like, I, I don't know why we're friends sometimes, you know. No, yeah. so, but I'm saying, like, I mean, who hate, like, I mean, so, perfect example. Like, I own all the Friday the 13th on DVD. I owned them all on VHS. I own them all on Blu-ray. I have the specialist do whatever. I love fight. I have tattoos on me of them, right? And I have a friend who's like, I hate Friday Thirteenth movies. I hate Jason Voorhees. I hate this stuff. And I'm like, okay, he's their own, right? But like, it, that, that that to me doesn't make sense because this is the kind of stuff that I enjoy. If you enjoy these type of movies, you're gonna like this movie, yeah. right? If you don't like these type of movies, no matter what we say about it, you're not gonna like it. The key is this. And this is probably, there's no probably bigger way. Luke will understand what I'm going to say here. I had dad watch this. He'd never seen it. He watched it and he's like, oh, that was pretty good. He enjoyed it. Why? Because it didn't get bogged down in some crazy cockamamie story that went nowhere. It did exactly what it said on the tin, like kind of thing, right? It's Killer Santa Claus. We got a Killer Santa Claus. It wasn't boring. And they, they were, I mean, the kills in this movie, whether you find them funny or not, some of them, they're not, I mean, they're not like, oh my God, bad, like, but they, they make sense in what the level of the budget it was. They, they do put a few, like, I don't know say red herrings, but there are a few misdirections, like the priest getting shot and the, and the dad climbing in the window and something, like that. but that's there on purpose to kind of throw you off what's going on. It works really well. It actually works much better than it has any right to do. Yeah, as a movie, and yep. that I think probably the best thing to say. Again, whether you like these movies or not, that's going to be on you. I can't talk you into liking it, right? It's just like literally, if 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 Hellraiser scared the scared the heck out of you, you're not going to like Hellraiser two, right? You're not going to like Hellbound, right? Kind of thing. It's just the way it's going to go. 
But if you but if you love that stuff and you love those type of movies, you're gonna love this one. Chances are you've probably seen it. Now, I can 100% say this: if you ever watch Silent Deadly Night Part Two, mm. be prepared to see a lot of a movie you've seen already <laughs> in meme yeah. format. Oh no 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 no! Silent Night Deadly Night Two is almost half told in oh, flash. That's right. Of this movie. They show you the greatest hits of this movie, and then you get the brother, Garbage Day, you know, that everyone knows, right, kind of thing. Like, that movie has parts in it you're like, this movie's actually, if it wasn't if it wasn't him literally trying to act the shit out of everything with his eyebrows and his face, God, right, and Blinky <laughs> McGee, that's actually, I got a pretty good story to it as well. It's just you're like, huh. They had half a story, and they said, "Well, let's just it's show just the first forty-five movie. minutes worth of story." Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, then, but they had to go with ninety-minute runtime. That's the thing. It would have been, it would have been perfect. You know, Charles Band. He tried to get a movie made for years called Pulse Pounders, where it was going to be three thirty-minute, thirty-five-minute segments that couldn't be expanded into full features. Yes. The last Transfers movie is like that. You know, I'm dead serious. The, the last Transfers one was going to be one of these features in Pulse. But that's what Silent Night Deadly Night 2 is. It needs like another 45 minute sequel to another movie, and you put them together as an anthology. Yeah. It's like Hostel Part 2. I love Hostel Part 2 because you don't need to watch Hostel because they tell you everything that happened in Hostel in the first 10 minutes. They're yeah. like, hey, you in the audience who hadn't seen the first movie, here's what happened. The problem and is the character who tells us all that stuff gets killed. Yeah, but because Hostel Part Two is a much better movie than Hostel, because you feel really bad for the girls because they did nothing wrong. Yeah, the you guys notice when you say certain words over and over again, they lose all meaning. Hostel is one of them because every time I say it, you know what I think of? I think of Bugs Bunny saying Hansel. 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 Anyway, so. Yeah, your mother rides a vacuum cleaner. So if you're interested in, in picking this movie up, the issue becomes this. I didn't say issue, but um, it used to be available on Prime Video, right? You used to be able to watch it on Prime, no problem. It's no longer available on Prime Video. And you can't even buy it on Prime Video. You can only rent it for like, a, like two bucks, whatever. If you are looking to pick up the Blu-ray, which is beautiful, by the way. Let me grab my Blu-ray here with the special slipcase cover. The Silent Night Deadly Night, uh, Silent Night Deadly Night Collector's Edition, featuring uh, the alternate artwork on the cover, and then it has the same artwork with a reversible case to the original. You can hear me opening and closing it here. Um, this is a two-disc special edition. It actually features the regular cut of the movie on disc one, which I don't know if I've ever ever watched um, the actual disc of that because of my bother. Um, and, it, and it features the right. Turk uh, <laughs> too. Well, you know, to be complete, that's really what it's about. It's about being complete. They did originally put this out. I mean, as Luke said, there are DVDs available. I have Silent Night, Deadly Night one and two. Um, that was I, I want to say Anchor Bay. I believe I it was. It was right. It was right around that era because that DVD was two thousand three. I I want to say. Yeah, I mean, see, I got it here. Pulled it up. It is. Uh, of course, why would it say? 2000, it's December 4th, 2012. Anchor Bay slash Stars, yes. They put that out. That's actually not bad, and that's how the only way I actually own Silent Deadly Night 2, because that movie is expensive as all heck for some reason, uh, and it's got to come down in price. But um, the 
the it's that 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 this movie becomes available on and off um, throughout. I don't know. It, usually it's on by now because it's Christmas time. It should be on. Uh, it should be on either Shutter. Shutter actually features two, three, four, and five, but not one. Uh, Why I don't. Um, but these things well, are available. Because if you watch two, you've basically seen one, right? And, you know, yes, so. well, that's the whole thing with two. Is you can watch two and literally get the greatest hits of one, and it's what it is. So it's available out there. Um, the discs themselves are beautiful. The, the the like I said, you can tell. Luke said even you, or the guys even said you can tell even from the DVD where it goes to the extra footage and stuff. Um, but well worth uh, to me, well worth picking up. I enjoyed. I mean, I bought this when it literally when it came out. Uh, kind of thing back in 2017 or whatever kind of things. So, um, I mean, again, I, I, I don't want to, oh no, maybe, whatever. I bought it when it, when it came out. I don't know when it came out. It yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, if, again, it, you, I think you, you, the listener, you probably have a pretty good idea if this movie is something you'll be interested in. And if you think it is, it probably is. If, if you're yeah. listening to this talk and you're like, wow, that sounds goddamn ridiculous, then don't pick it up. You know, I, it's not, I don't think it's going to win you over necessarily. It's such an odd movie, you know, because you can say it's serious, but it's also funny. And it's not funny intentionally. It's funny because you're just like, what the actual fuck type of situation <laughs> from a lot of it. it. It is, it is, you know, for a movie that is so derivative, it also is unique in its own way. It, it does some interesting things, especially given when it was made, but it's just, it, it never reaches the heights of its brethren. But if you're into 80s horror, I think it kind of has to have a spot on the shelf, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's yeah. certainly just, if not, if for the controversy, if nothing yeah. else, it's certainly one of the key ones of that of that era. Mm. And then there's the toys. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they could do a whole episode of the toys that made us on this. I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's to be underestimated. I spent a lot, there were a lot of scenes where, like, I didn't have to worry about thinking how dumb the action was going on because I was scoping out the shelves. Mm. And uh, it was amazing. And you could which, scope which out. Which is not to be confused with Hero, who was scoping out the racks. Right. Hell exactly. yeah. It's a it's a simple enough story that you can scope out the shelves and the racks and not miss anything, you know, and be like, what's going on? I wasn't paying attention. You, know? <laughs> you will pay attention, though, because it's just so ridiculous. Yes, yep. it's it's a, 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 a jolly old time this holiday season, right? Yeah. <laughs> a monstrosity in 1984, a jolly old time in 2021. <laughs> in the scary damn night of the year ah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that scene <laughs> what i mean that scene is like actually that scene's almost worth it for i mean you can go watch it on youtube but that scene is so beautiful grandpa's performance in that is so wonderful and the the way it's directed kind of awkwardly it's it's amazing it's almost like some of the like purposely awkward cringy style of of uh comedy that people do nowadays except it it it, it wasn't <laughs> meant mm -hmm. to be but just the way grandpa comes to life and then just goes back into comatose state is it's it's beautiful it's like an iconic scene and all of film. 
it's yeah. classic, you know. I, yes, it is. And it also, that is also a, a awesome way to open up. Just like that is a true life horror of Christmas, having to go to the go and visit the you know the family member who might not be in control of their faculties and having to bring the kids at the same time. <laughs> Can I also put this out there? So Silent Night, Deadly Night was shot and produced under the title Sleigh Ride. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And all this ever makes me think of, if you can set your minds back to a little film called Ernest Saves Christmas. Yay! <laughs> and the TV host who was going to become a movie star, the movie he was being made, was going to star in, was called Christmas Slay. And it was S-L-A-Y. So I always connect Ernest Saves Christmas. Whenever I see you know, Sleigh Ride Productions or whatever the name of the production company was for Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's like, man. I'd like to have seen that full movie Christmas Slay with the monster, been, and the, you know, and the shotgun and all that. That would have been a mashup. <laughs> that would have been the Freddy versus Jason is the Ernest versus Billy. Ooh. Hey, Vern, we got this crazy guy in this Santa costume out here. <laughs> I'm working on him psychologically. So you know here in the head. <laughs> you got to think like him. Then his actions <laughs> take out a certain kind of logic. <laughs> And he would be the nun's love, the good nun's yeah, love interest. Like, oh, Ernest. <laughs> Nobody has They're ever said that. They're from two world, sister. <laughs> Nobody has I don't know why my Ernest that. sounds a little bit like uh, like Carl Childers, but I guess that's... <laughs> 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 I reckon it's hey, Bernard. French fries. Why didn't they ever do the Ernest version of Lilies of the Field? Was that the name of it? Lilies of the Field? Where, um... Where the guy guy helps out the nunner, James Earl Jones. Was yeah. it James Earl Jones? Is I don't think it's two mules for Sister Sarah, but okay, that's a different movie. L- Lily is the two mules for Sister Sarah. Ernest what about, what about if you're going to go that route, how about Ernest and McClintock? <laughs> well, there, Miss McClintock. Hot. Oh, <laughs> every, time, every time you guys say Billy, go, oh, Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. <laughs> oh. Oh, funny. See, this is the kind of good time you could have, folks, yeah. watching. Uh, Sound like Deadly Night. Enjoy Leona Quigley in all her glory as she is stuck on the wall. So okay, yeah, <laughs> that was the other thing my wife said. Oh, 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 That's the other thing my yeah, wife so, said. She goes, when I when I'm when I'm going to, when I'm going to to check on the cat, I make sure to only put on my Daisy Duke shorts. Yes. And then not only open the door topless, but also lean over and stick my breast out into the night air. Of course. Make sure I come down. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, of course. I mean, how else are you going to do it? You know, okay. right? So, if you got Leanna Quigley in your movie, yeah. that's well use her. Okay, yeah. so, so Leanna Quigley, actually, her agent contacted her uh, when, when the movie was pulled after two weeks. She was in Mexico filming another movie. I'm not sure what movie it was, but she was filming. And they said, well, the movie got pulled. She said, why? And he told her about the contract. She goes, what that movie? It just was another horror movie. Why are people getting so upset about it? And I'm like, man, that is. There's nothing probably more. Cause if you ever seen an interview with Leona Quigley, she talks a lot about the fact that, like, well, since I was willing to, you know, do topless scenes, I got a lot of the parts. Like, and it's just so funny when they, they talked to her, like, especially when they talked to her about um, Return of Living, um, 
Mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Right. Where it required her seeing like where she's, they wanted her to do this, and she's like, and then and then she's basically wearing a g-string, right, kind of thing, and they have her all naked and stuff and whatever. And she talks about like all the stuff that goes along with it, but that stuff that she was willing to do that other girls were not willing to do, and like. I mean, she got a lot of hate for that from people too. Like, oh, look at her showing off from. Okay, she was okay with her body. She was, and as she said, she goes, "You don't make it weird. You're just, just, you're just naked. It's not like it's, you know, if you make a big deal of it." And I'm like, "Yeah." So if you're naked and this guy is just like slamming you against the wall, trying to put you on the, the head of a deer, you know. So. It's kind of one of those weird things where she is making a big deal of it, but she's not making a big deal of it. So it's it, it she plays she she plays her nudity off more natural and like there there's there's some time there's some you know um the um you know scenes with nudity like uh, say when um, Billy was having his little dream sequence about yeah. his his potential girlfriend. And you're watching that video, or you're watching that sequence, where he's, you know, making. They're both naked and making out, and he's he's boob grabbing and stuff like that. But you notice they film her more to the side, so you don't see as much nudity and stuff. Right. And the actress looks visibly uncomfortable with it, or just like, sort of zoning out and not there. But Leanna Quigley doesn't care. She's just like, hey, I'll parade around and stuff. But you know. It's, it's there's a wholesomeness to it, you know. But, it's, but she's also willing to do the makeup effects. She's willing to do what's there. Yeah. I mean, she a uh, lipstick in her boob for Christ's sake, you know. Yeah, um, why not? You know, right. What I'm saying is, but all those things that go along with it, there's so many. There's just it's just a different level, which is why people are like, well, look at her doing this. It's like you could have done the same thing too, but you didn't want to get naked and put a lipstick in your boob. Well, that's right. Or is, no, there's a lot of. There's a lot of actresses that that got naked, but le- she is a legend for it because she there was I mean, she's not like a great actress, but that being comfortable with it and stuff adds a layer to it that makes it memorable, you know, so she was always oh, she's always memorable. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hard, hard to forget her. <laughs> Well, and that that and that may I, mean, I made the joke, but that that you know, if you're no oh, Linnea Quigley enthusiast. You probably already own this movie, you know. Yeah, if you're right, a budding right. Linnea Quigley enthusiast, perhaps from listening to this podcast, or if that, you're you a know. Santa Claus completist, right? Ooh, you got yeah. it. This movie does live on my on my Christmas shelf. Being uh, a Sa- being a Santa Claus completist is that's that's a that's crazy a uh, that's a crazy that's, bit of collecting right there. Oh, it's better than being a Santa Claus elitist. Boy. Oh, I hate them. My Santa Claus is only free range. He doesn't eat all that processed materials that your Santa Claus um, Excuse me. Actually, his name is Saint Nicholas. Um, excuse me. His name is actually Piers Noel because my grandmother was French. <laughs> oh, uh, well, actually, if you go back into the initial. <laughs> he's Papa Giorgio. What are you talking Papa about? Oh, Jeju. <laughs> Thank you for the, the Santa Claus reference. You gotta love the Santa Claus. I love that whole series. Yeah, yeah. But, so, different series, but uh, if you want this one, I, I say go check it out. You can't. 
Have fun yeah. with it. If you're, if you're listening to The Vault, you'll enjoy it for Christmas. You know, watch yeah, along with our Christmas. other Christmas specials that we've done, like, uh, I mean, let's like be Krampus honest. and... Yeah. Right. For two bucks, you can I, stream it into your... You can stream it yeah. into your... Uh, into your... Um, your sides. eyeballs. <laughs> I mean, every Christmas, I, I pull out, like, I have my, my Christmas Day shirt. My Christmas Day shirt is Silent Night, Deadly Night, him with the axe, Leona Quigley on the... On the thing, it's all on the shirt. It's a fright rag shirt. I wear it every year for Christmas. My my mother in law hates it, uh, but I don't give a shit. So I wear it every year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is literally the shirt I wear every single year. There's there are family pictures of us at Christmas with me with this shirt on, with him with an axe going through, and they we only click these, you know, hanging on the deer and the whole nine. Yeah. I wear it She's every, all horny. <laughs> I, the, 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 what do you call? It? I wear the day before is. The night the reindeer died. Oh yes, with Lee Majors. Yeah. So. yeah. This is one Sanders <laughs> going out the front door. <laughs> oh man. What else can you say? Oh. But I was going to say there's only one. There's only one way I think I can. We can close this episode out, guys. Do it up. Punish. <laughs> website at two true freaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e-f-r-e-a-k-s you can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on itunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow we have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom just search two true freaks with an exclamation mark at the end space and the number two you can find two true freaks on facebook just search for two true freaks if you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Freaks.
Actually, there have been two controversies about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Even before the film was released a couple of weeks ago, its TV ad campaign caused a furor with its brief depiction of an axe-carrying Santa Claus. The distributor of this film, TriStar Pictures, which is co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office, pulled the commercial out of release after a week of protests by parents led by a Milwaukee group. Of course, commercials like that usually die out after a week anyway, so thanks a lot, fellas. But there's no question in my mind that the showing of Santa with an axe on free TV and commercials is sick and sleazy and mean-spirited. So let's repeat the names of the people who did it. <laughs> TriStar Pictures, co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office. Shame on you.